Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. And welcome to Mission Unstoppable. I am so glad to see you today. Today I have a double header and um, not usual for me, but I hope that you will stay tuned with me uh, this morning and a little bit later this afternoon. That would be awesome. Uh, prior to writing full time, my guest, Peter Jennings, Peter, hold up your hand. <laughs> he has spent his career in corporate communications, running agencies, handling marketing, advertising, branding, public relations, and production of multimedia content including videos, websites, and social media elements. He also hosted his own local TV show. But today, aside from public speaking, Peter can be found on stage singing from the American Standard Songbook, and to date has written six books, including the one we're going to chat about today, Until I Smile at You, a book that contains the life story of Ruth Lowe, Canadian songwriter who literally launched the career of Frank Sinatra, and the one that we co-wrote together uh, for Want of 40 Pounds. Joining us also is Tom Sandler. Now, he is a famed Canadian photographer. He's been the official photographer of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth's Three Visits, official photographer for the Prince's Charity Canada, the Royal Visits of the Earl of Wessex, and the official photographer for Toronto Star City Nights and the harbor front and everything else. Hey, <laughs> he joins us in the capacity of Ruth Lowe's son. Wow, so welcome. Welcome, welcome, Thank welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. You know, Peter, um, I think that I have to believe that this writing this book was a dream come true for you, especially with your background and the love of the American Standard Songbook that you have. And I know that you mentioned uh, to me about Ruth and wanting to write her story. But I'm going to ask Tom just to start this off. How, because I know that it was not allowed to be written before. So how did this gentleman right here get to write your mom's story? Uh, hang on for sorry, I've got a little bit of a. Uh, can you hear me okay? The audio. No, your audio's very sorry. off at the moment. Okay. Sorry. sorry. There, um, you there you go. No, we got you. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Unmute. Okay, how's that? Excellent. Yeah, gotcha. You can hear me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, because I'm having trouble hearing you now for some oh, reason. Oh, no. Um, I'll try to yeah. speak up. You can turn your volume up. Yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to flip the phone for a second. Yeah, and, no uh, worries. Frankie, I can tell the story while Tommy's Sure. Ready. Basically, I was, um, I was putting together a fundraiser in the uh, small town that I lived in for a local healthcare organization. And this was back mm -hmm. in 2015, which was the 100th anniversary of the birth of Frank Sinatra. So uh, I decided to use that as the theme. And basically got a lot of uh, singers and instrumentalists, etc., to donate their time. We had a capacity crowd of 500 people. But as I was putting it together, a friend of mine said, oh, you should get Tom Sandler involved. I said, who the heck is Tom Sandler? Well, he's Ruth Lowe's son. Because he hit me with a barge ball. I didn't know she had kids or anything else. Anyway, long story short, I found out that Tommy is 
By the way, he's called Tommy by his friends because his mom named him Tommy after Tommy Dorsey. How cool is that? I know. <laughs> anyway, cool. um, I, I, I wait. Did. I named my son Alex Trebek. Alex after Alex Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I did my research. I found out that Tommy is the star photographer of Toronto, as you've already indicated. And uh, he and I met. We hit it off. And I actually convinced Tom to come and sing his mother's song at this uh, fundraiser. He got the only uh, standing ovation people here. He did such a wonderful job. And later that evening, he came to me and said, Peter, you're writing the book. I said, what are you talking about? I've always wanted to have a book written about my mom. You're a fine writer. You love her music. You know the music from that era. You're writing the book. And it wasn't that, will you? It's you doing it. And I have to tell you, Frankie, I was honored to be selected. Oh, I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. Amazing <laughs> Canadian heroine. And uh, yeah, it was a real honor. And, and a thrill to work with Tom. Too. So, Tom, Tommy, yes. are you do you consider yeah. yourself a, song, a singer? Well, I, I, I can and I, I do sometimes. Um, music was, you know, a huge part of my um, yeah, of sure. life, obviously, you know. But w one thing Peter forgot to tell you about that concert was the, what the clincher was. Not that it really was had to be clinched, but what put the ribbon on the clinch was it happened to be on August the 12th, which was my mom's birthday. Oh, so okay. It was like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the stars aligned and everything okay, just went, you know, yeah. You can't, you can't uh, argue with uh, with the stars you know so uh, anyways that was just a wonderful uh, thing that happened but um i love to play music and i do sing and i've been told that i'm really good um, oh, good uh, but i've been doing you know most of my uh for the last number of years uh, i i took out you know photography because at that time um music wasn't really something i was really ready to get into uh, you know so i sort of put it on the back burner but uh you know it's like burning leaves in a big fire you know you pile them up and you and the flame goes away for a bit then all of a sudden it comes back for sure know, for sure leaves, so but Tommy, uh, you had never you had never sung your mom's song i had never sung my mom's song i was never even asked by anyone to sing my mom's song so i figured <laughs> okay this guy is something <laughs> special you know so uh, and that was a, it was really quite um uh, um, a compliment, you know, to me, you know, that he would want me to do that. And uh, did you know um, he sang? Oh, he I knew he sang, but I, oh, okay, I didn't know he sang that kind of music. But I thought, hey, if you can sing, you can. Well, sing. no, and there was one standing ovation the entire evening, and it went to Tom Sam. Yeah, it it was very very moving, and it, it was hard to get through it without uh, completely uh, falling apart. But uh, I had to be like a pro, you know, and. Uh, and uh, that was just fantastic. That do you have video from that night, Peter? No, I wish I did. No, wow. Yeah. No, I, I was supposed to, and they didn't. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's let's go back eh, history to to um, your mom, and she, your mom had a sister, Muriel, who yes. was nicknamed Mickey. Mickey, yes. And they, they came from. Uh, her parents came from Britain. By way of another place, right? Like Poland or someplace like that. Like well, like, uh, originally they were from uh, Lithuania. Lithuania. Um, and then and they sort of migrated through and, and, and then ended up in, in um, England. And I believe it was Manchester that my grandmother and my, my aunt were, were born there. 
and then they they came to Canada. What year did they come to Canada? Oh, I don't know. I guess it would have been. Um, well, I, I really don't know. My mom, my mom was born in nineteen um, um, nineteen fourteen. So okay, that'll give you something. And, and your grandfather Tommy was from New York. Right? Yeah, my grandfather, uh, my mom's um, dad um, Sam, was originally from New York. Okay, um, uh, and then uh, came here. Okay, so they 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 came to um, to to Toronto. Is that where they landed? I believe so. I don't think there's any other place. That Montreal, they, sometimes they come in through Montreal. No, or, no. Not okay. that I know. no, I don't think so. Never heard that. So Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And, and so your mom, um, I don't think your mom, your, your grandfather uh, was always struggling to make money. Yes. I understand. Yes. And your mother was an amazing pianist and she would play at, uh, stores, I think, to try to get people to come in and buy pianos and. and well, music. she loved it. She loved to play, and she was a natural talent, a gifted musician. My mom, but she loved to improvise and loved to just do her own stuff. She's had a few years of classical training, um, and then I, I, I don't know when she started working. Actually, in well, I do sort of know because my grandfather, he, he passed away very young, and uh, in, around 1935. And um, my mom was just in her late teenage years when that happened. And that's the first time I heard that she actually worked as a musician, uh, making money at doing it because um, uh, she became the sole support of the family. It, it, when my grandfather passed away, it was my Aunt Mickey and my grandmother Pearl. And uh, <clears throat> my mom, there was just no choice. It was during the Depression, um, and they were left with very little, uh, if, if anything at all. So that was sort of pushed my mom into, um, into playing professionally and for a living. Uh, to Peter, did you say that they lived like around the Kensington Market area? Yeah, yeah. And, and the fact is, Frankie, Pearl, um, she had some health issues herself. And so she really, she tried to work, but she couldn't do a great job at it. So uh, as Tommy says, yeah, his mom, Ruth, was really out there trying to bring in money for the family. For, uh, for, uh, I mean, when you think of, of like <laughs> stars aligning, how this young Canadian teenager, you know, ends up writing a song that goes in front of Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Or Tommy Dorsey first, I think, and and you know, like, oh my God, like, how the heck does that happen? Well, you know, it, it actually went on the CBC before it ever went to Dorsey or to Sinatra. Uh, basically, I'll, I'll make this quick, uh, Frankie. But uh, yeah, Ruth was working in Toronto. I'm Ray Hutton, uh, who had a uh, an all-female band called. I'm having problem with your audio, Peter. Sorry, there's something there's something wrong with your audio. Uh, feedback or do you hear it you talk or no i don't know I'm, I'm, uh, can you hear me all right I, yeah i can hear you now okay anyway uh, i'm ray hutton and her band the mellow deers and by the way the uh, billy wilder movie something like the pot was modeled after this band which is great anyway they're coming to toronto her piano player takes sick so i'm ray calls up and says i need to audition all the good-looking blonde piano players by the way if she can do some arrangements that's a bonus 
So Ruth shows up for the audition. She's never done any arranging, but she fakes it. She's yeah. a fabulous piano player. She's a great looking gal. And she gets a nod for the gig that night. Well, Ina Ray Hutton is so impressed. She says, look, I want you to come on the road for her with us. And for the next two years, Ruth Lowe tours with Ina Ray Hutton throughout North America. Wow. Sending money back to uh, Pearl and to uh, Mickey. And then in 1939, uh, 38 actually, she falls in love with a very handsome song plugger by the name of Harold Cohen. They get married and they're going to have a family. It's going to be a wonderful existence. And in their first year of marriage, Harold goes into a hospital for an operation and contracts a kidney problem and dies. And Ruth is absolutely devastated. She's torn apart by grief. Uh, they were living in Chicago. She pulls her, herself together and moves back to Toronto, moves in with her mother and sister. And she's just overcome with grief. And, and Mickey, who, who sadly passed away in her 100th year. Oh, did she? Year, but it's I about a month ago. Only oh, was him. it? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I, I did meet with God Mickey. God bless her, yeah. At Baycrest. She told me that uh, one afternoon, Ruth said to her, Mickey, you know, I'll just never smile again. And that night, the song just poured out of her, words and music. She uh, was working at the CBC at that point, so it was Percy Faith. Um, Faith heard the song, said, I love it. Can I put on my show, Music by Faith? And he did up a wonderful orchestration with strings and horns and a singer. And uh, so it was played on the CBC long before Tommy Dorsey or Frank Sinatra ever heard of it. It's amazing for a song that's so depressing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 150 people have covered it that, yeah. that, you know, everybody loves it. And I guess, you know, it's easy. I find, you know, when you write poetry or whatever you write, it's kind of easier when you're in a dark mood than it is when you're happy for some odd reason. Well, but. Yeah. You know, Frankie, if I may, I, I, yeah. I have that same issue. How did this song, which is almost dirge-like, uh, it was on Billboard for 12 weeks, broke yeah. all kinds of records. How did that happen when all the competing songs, if you will, at the time, were by the big bands designed to get people out of the dance floor, Pennsylvania, 6, 5,000, that sort of thing. I'm just thinking, you know, that year, just to tie us back here, was yeah. the same year my dad started walking across Europe and, and Hitler's invading, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. crazy. Exactly. So anyway, wow. I went to uh, some very well-known uh, songwriters to get their opinions. I thought the Bernie Toppins, Sir Elton John's lyricist. Yeah. Uh, Sir Tim Rice, who writes lyrics for Android Weber. Alan Bergman, who writes all the songs for Robert Streisand. Uh, talked to James Kaplan, who's written wonderful uh, Sinatra biographies. And I asked all of these people that question, how did this song become number one? And all of them, to the last man or woman, revered flow and said, talent always shines through. It was a marvelous piece of music. It had marvelous lyrics. And whenever that happens, it will always get on top of, of everybody else. So it was a natural. As wow. Sinatra says, and she wrote the forward in that book, it was a perfect song interpreted by the perfect singer at the perfect time. I choose mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So it kicks off Frank Sinatra's career, makes yeah. him a superstar. <laughs> Didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. Did, I, I'm curious about um, her 
because a lot of people got lost at this, it, what it was, you know, um, the arrangement for the money. Like, did your mom get paid well for this song as people keep singing and singing and singing it? Was there anything, any legal compensation? Yes, yes. Good. Uh, Good. And it, was, it was quite, uh, it, it, it's been, it was Lucrative. quite healthy. Um, I, I don't, I think that uh, Tommy uh, Dorsey, I, who was the original publisher, and that gang there, um, you know, really appreciated what my mom did and who she was and that, you know, she was kind of like on her own out there in the world. And they had some great respect for her as an artist and as a person, you know, because she was a really uh, a lovely person, um, really honest and uh, um, generous person. And I just think that somehow, you know, she was looked after and um, and it's amazing. It is uh, amazing over the years you know what that song i can imagine you know what the publishers <laughs> it's generated for for them but it, it's uh, quite uh, it's done very well for it's her. quite amazing because you know as a woman they tend to get you know walked over real fast and, yeah. and you know and as as being a single well, woman and wow yeah i think that you know probably happened but um i think that what they realized and respected was my mom's talent and her chutzpah you know for yeah. uh, for 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 hanging in there for being such a fighter for defending um you know her family so there was a lot of respect that was there still is today with the sinatra family um they've never forgotten the contribution my mom made to his career wow what it did for him and how much he he loved that song and, and her other tune, uh, Put Your Dreams Away for Another Day, yeah. uh, which, which was his signature song that he uh, asked my mom to write for him. Um, it wasn't as though my mom went chasing him saying, I have another song, I have another song, listen to it. He actually called her and said, Ruthie. <laughs> you got 24 <laughs> hours to write a song. <laughs> I, need a, I need a signature song for some, they didn't say tomorrow. He said, I just need a signature song, a theme song. Can you think you might have something? So yeah. she said, yeah, okay, I'll get back to you in a week or two. He said, well, we're going live tomorrow with the show on radio and we need the song tomorrow. Not only is it incredible that, she, that you know, they pulled off the song, but that he could sing that song as a signature song at the end of a show, like, wow. Yeah. It seemed as though that my mom and, and him were like on the same page, pardon yeah. the pun, um, and in simpatico. Um, he had the depth and the, the compassion and um, the reach, and so did my mom, you know. And I think they, they, they locked uh, as, as sort of, um, you know, uh, um, uh, I forget the word I'm trying to say. But, I know. They, they <laughs> yeah, they connected. Yeah. yeah. And, it's it's uh, so interesting. Frankie, I was going to say you had two mega talents, you know, yeah. that, that could understand one another and could, could, could talk to each other and speak to each other and sing to each other. And it's a whole different language music. You know, it's a, it is the universal language. But yes. when you get musicians together, uh, you know, it's, there's just a, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's well, I think they were both in touch with their heart. And I think that's, that makes a yeah. big difference because there emotionally it doesn't work i think that's one of the things that made that song so popular was because it was very simple and it was very honest and, yeah. and you know now then now you know you have so much nonsense in the world for marketing and politicians and you know where is the truth anymore you know when when the truth yeah. shines uh it really 
stands out, you know, amongst all this uh, well, swirl. Unless, of, unless you're Trump. <laughs> it yeah, well, oh, let's not go there. No, let's but not go Frankie, there. Frankie, I should also mention that um, Ruth, yeah, she wrote those two songs for Sinatra, but she was not a one or two hit wonder. I mean, Tommy, you know too well, she wrote about 50 songs for Broadway, yeah. Hollywood, and whatnot. She was very prolific. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and so she, she, how long did she do the career after um, Mr. Cohen died? Well, he, he passed away. He was like, he was in 39 um, or 38. And um, she remarried uh, my dad, Nat Sandler, in 1945. So there okay. was about five or six years while she was like just surfing on the, on the success of that song. And she was like the hit of, of, of everything, you know. Um, and, and she kept everything. Um, she kept all her memorabilia, recordings, manuscripts, scrap. I, she, I have three scrapbooks. She cut out every single thing that anyone ever wrote about her. Wow. Magazine. I have amazing columns by Walter Winchell and Dorothy Kilgallen and Ed Sullivan. There's some old names. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they were giants, you know. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, they were. They were really. Uh, they were giants. So. Wow, that's incredible. Hey, Frankie, but, I, yeah. I, I want to set Tommy up here because somebody asked him not so long ago. Okay. Sinatra was kind of known as a ladies' man. Do you think he ever hit on your mum? And Tommy said, "Go ahead, Tom, take it." Well, my standard line for that as well. I do have blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll never say that in front of your dad. I'd have, be, I'd have to be a lot older, I think. You know, at least 10 years older. I think Frank hit on everybody. From I, I've interviewed other people who with, with uh, Frank connections. But, um, yeah, your, but your dad was not a creative. He wasn't in the arts. He No, but, but he had a passion. He was passionate for business, and he was mm-hmm. very creative in business. He wasn't creative in, in music or, or like, in the arts or emotional things. But yes. He was very brilliant, and, and um, he 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 uh, yeah he didn't he didn't really play he didn't really sing ever yeah that's why I always thought how in the world did they get together you know they were so different. and how did you I mean your mom must have been very strong talent coming through the genes because I mean you're a photographer <laughs> you know, yeah you like music like what did your dad think of that get well, a real job <laughs> he was he was supportive uh, he didn't understand yeah. it and he yeah. didn't really understand. Um, the potential of it um but he was smart enough to know that like okay there's something going on here with these people that you know i just gonna leave it alone because i don't get it at all um he was a brilliant businessman but when it came to music he kind of wasn't quite there he he once said to me when the beatles first came out that uh oh, they'll never amount to anything <laughs> speaking of which you you said to your mom didn't you say to your mom like i don't care about somebody's autograph if you see the beatles or something yeah yeah, yeah guess, <laughs> guess what happened she actually saw the beatles <laughs> she, amazing they were in uh, staying at the same hotel in nassau when the beatles were filming the movie help and uh an envelope comes in the mail you know a couple days later they open it up and there's a photo of the sign by the beatles she said on the back it says i thought you'd like this so uh, go, oh, what a great mom eh First thing I did is call him and say, "I have to. You have to fly me down there. You know. Let me meet him. Let me meet him. Good idea." My dad said, "No, no, no." How old were you then? Because they're not going to amount to anything. Oh Um, my gosh! I think it was was around sixty-four, so I was probably. Isn't that crazy? You know, and you weren't going to amount to anything. I know that's all major. 
Whoops, what did sorry. measure he did buy and operate Club One too, right? Yes, yes. What was that? I'm sorry, I missed oh, that. Well, my dad started the uh, the first nightclub in Toronto. Oh, he did? It was yeah. called the Club One Two. Oh, okay. And he was more like, you know, behind the scenes manager, yeah. owner kind of guy. And my mom, uh, so this was after they were married, and my mom had all the showbiz connections. So my mom would book in the talent. Book in talent. Show at the nightclub and that's where steve lawrence and Edie gourmet met at my okay dad's, my okay dad's in toronto and uh where and, was and that club was, what's that where was it located it was adelaide and uh was it adelaide, yeah, adelaide it was 12, adelaide. 12 adelaide so it was yeah. oh, okay yeah, okay and, and mike filey the well-known historian okay. he gave us for our book and tell and smile too he gave us a, a wonderful uh, brochure from the Club One Two, which you can see in the uh, in the book. In fact, yeah, yeah. amazing. Hundred different photos in the book. So. Yeah, there's lots of photos in the book. That's, yeah. yeah, they were pretty cool. That's that's incredible. Um, so, like Count Basie and those guys play there. I don't know. I this was the like, I was three or four years old. Oh, okay. Know, yeah. The time and I, I, but any major uh, star talent, or yeah. talent that would come into town, they were connected to. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it was, this was like, when I see pictures of it, it reminds me of Rick's Americana Cafe in Casablanca. <laughs> this was a squaw, this was a swanky place, tuxedos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, furs, jewels, yeah. Yeah, big time, you know, gangster stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very romantic. The you know, Vegas of Toronto. Was, my mom liked these types of guys, you know, these tough guys that were uh, real guys, you know, in those days. You know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, love it. I can see it. I, I, my mom used to dress like that. I can see it. You it know? was a time of such style and class, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, now things have let, let go and, uh, yeah. you know, more relaxed, which is good in a sense. But, you know. It was kind of fun uh, to dress up like that. Well, this life is, you know, mom's philosophy was that life was to celebrate and to uh, enjoy and to um, kind of put your best foot forward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ruth, Ruth would say to Tommy one day when he was in school, hey, we're not going to school for a couple of days. Come on, we're going to New York. And just pull him out of school. They'd hide down to New York. They'd go and see Count Basie or, or Duke Ellington. That's fun. Have, uh, they'd have lunch at the Dempster's Cafe. Dempster's. Uh, and Dempster. Tommy get a new guitar and they'd come back. You wrote about the noshery and that brought back so many memories because my folks used to take me to the noshery. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that was the place where Jews went, right? Yeah, Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night at the noshery. But, you know, that, that was a brilliant place. And, um, yeah. But also in, in New York, we would go to the Brill Building, which was right beside yeah. Dempsey's. And... Uh, my mom would go in and talk to the head of MCA Music, and she, everyone loved her. She was yeah. it was a social event, and it was a business thing. It was a wonderful combination of so many. Are things. you an only child? Uh, sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> 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 no, I actually have a sibling, uh, an older an older brother, who's take like after your dad. dad. <laughs> He's more like my dad, and I'm like my mom. And it's like, you know, yeah, I get that. Interview Stephen King book. Sweet. yeah that's hilarious actually oh my god yeah yeah um it was always a um a, a trip you know being with her i mean um you she know, was a people, leo wasn't she uh yes yeah, she was that's right. yeah i can, i just yeah i can see her outgoing and confident and 
and you're right, but you know, she was a very positive person and, and, uh, and, and upbeat all the time, except when she sat down at the piano and played. And she played, you know, the deepest, saddest, you know, stuff. Um, wow. You know, um, I don't know if that was because of just because of the tragedy what happened or she just had that deep vein in her like a gold mine, you know. Um, but she loved upbeat music too and she loved gospel music. And we actually wrote a song together around the same year, 1964, that the Travelers recorded. Really? Wow. Yep. It's called uh, Take Your Sins to the River. And it's a very upbeat gospel Is it on song. YouTube? I want to hear it. <laughs> um, I think you can find it, actually. Yeah. So it's Take Your Sins to the Let River. Let me write that down. Take Your Sins to the River. And, and uh -huh. tell Frankie about a couple of the people you met in the grill building while waving for your mom, though. Well... That's that's a trip and a half. Well, I, I, I'm sitting outside the office. My mom went in to, to talk to the president of MCA and I'm sitting out there and a guy comes over and uh, sits down beside me and he looks pretty sort of disheveled. He didn't look like he was, you know, too successful or anything like that. So and I thought, you know, OK, I'm a really big shot because I'm, you know, I Your wrote son. a folk song and, you know, I play, <laughs> I know three songs on my guitar. You started and, you Mariposa. Know, okay. <laughs> guy sitting in the real building you know so I, we, I started a conversation with him I said oh and by the way you know what did you write you know so <laughs> turns out to be Bobby Scott who wrote A Taste of Honey okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah 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 okay I apologize <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> I well, meet a lot of people like that where I uh, you know um, all of a sudden they get smacked in the face by uh, by who they are youth but, the arrogance of youth yeah well we had, uh, and also then we would go to Dempsey's and order cheesecakes and coffees. And one day I sat down with this other guy, a little old Jewish guy. He didn't think much of him. And that he turned out to be the guy who wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Wow. Uh, Johnny Green. Johnny One Green. of the richest guys in the world. <laughs> well, um, he was, he was um, I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, and, but he was a very good friend of my mom. Nice. And, um, you know, those old... Tin Pan Alley guys, you know, yeah. that really sat around and wrote lyrics and music on napkins, you know. Yeah, amazing. So uh, it was a rich uh, experience for me. And, you know what? The and fun. The, the apple falls close to the tree because we recount the story in the book where Ruth is invited to a huge conference of music writers and historians. She's seated at the head table beside the guy and yeah. he's now... Um, what have you written? And she proceeds to tell him not only what she's written, but how to write songs. And then the guy gets up and walks away and says, who was that guy? Oh, that was Oscar Hammerstein II. Oh, my God. Oscar oh, my God. That's oh. hilarious. Good for her. I'm, take, I'm taking credit for my mom teaching Oscar Hammerstein how to write a... How there you go. go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You got to love yeah. it. You got to love it. That's amazing. So your mom, I mean, I couldn't help but notice, and I don't know if you wrote about it in the book. Maybe I read the book, but um, she died young. She was only 67. Right? Well, she was 66, actually. Oh, 66. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she was not well. She, um, she had uh, cancer. <sighs> I'm sorry. Very young. Yeah. Too young. Yeah, way too young. Yeah. Well, so was she. But uh, she, she suffered with it for about 10 years. She fought it. And really? Better. Wow, and 10 years. Finally, yeah, finally, it just, uh, you know, uh, she had to she succumb to it. And, um, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't like it was these, it's not like it is these days where they have 
yeah. and, and all kinds of things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, it was um, it was tough. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. still, you know still tough. Her, her, spirit, her spirit lives on. And uh, Frankie, I told Tommy this recently. I'm not an overly spiritual person myself, but there were times when I was sitting right here in this office writing the book, and I'd be kind of stuck for a word or a phrase or whatever. And I felt Ruth's presence in this room. I really did. And she'd sort of say to me, oh, hey, go ahead or do this or don't do that. I really felt her presence. Is that and, Molly back there? Pardon me? Oh, it's one of my pups. Yes. Which you have painted, thank you. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> um, babies. But, uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, somebody asked me, was there anyone you wanted to interview for the book and how I followed you but couldn't get to? And I said, yeah, Ruth Lowe. I yeah. would love to have met her. I believe that. You know, so I, I, I totally believe that she was there over your shoulder. Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, look at, you know, just, it's so true. And, you know, look at the, the, the date that I met Peter and did, sang the song was on yeah. her birthday. The big, the big show we did, or Peter did last night for uh, TVO, The Agenda, and, and tomorrow is, would it, will be Frank's birthday. Yep. Um, there's just so many things that, um, that connect. And, and that coincidence, well, not coincidence, I guess, but just the fact that, that her song was sung at both their funerals, too, the last song that was played. That's amazing. Yeah, at, 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 Frank's, at Frank's funeral. That's right. That's, That's the song. crazy that the family wanted um, as the last song for his, well, it made sense because he closed every show. Yeah, you know, I guess so. Yeah. That song. And so this was like the final, really the, the final, final act, show, yeah. you know, you know, and it's a beautiful song. It's actually it was the, my favorite over the, over the two songs because yeah. it was more of a hopeful song, you know, put your dreams away and I will take your place in your heart, wishing on a star. It's time to make a new start. What's so, the favorite song that your mom wrote of all the songs that she wrote? My favorite? Mm -hmm. Well, that would probably be it. That would be uh, it? Okay. That would be, well, I wouldn't say there's maybe one. Um, she's written another one called Dollhouse, which is absolutely incredible. Um, she's got another one called Everyone But Me. They're all really up there and uh, absolutely uh, heart-wrenching, beautiful songs. And, um, you know, uh, there's a few of them, I would think, you know. I think I'll never smile again and start it down here. <laughs> I shouldn't say, I, I don't really mean that, but that was the one that really broke through and uh, obviously became the most famous one. But uh, there's, there's, other, there's other tunes waiting to be, uh, become famous as well. So I'm, gonna, I'm sure they will be after this. I hope so. I hope so. Frankie, what's interesting is that Nancy Sinatra, who, as I mentioned, has written the foreword for us for yes. I Smile at You, Nancy yes. said, you know, a songwriter would consider him or herself incredibly fortunate to write a song for Sinatra. Tommy's mom wrote two. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that shows the reverence he had for her. That's great. And Sinatra, Sinatra once said about the song, um, uh, with an arranger like Tommy Dorsey and a song like I'll Never Smile Again, uh, a minor bird could have had a number one hit song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how, that's what he thought of that song and that music. You know, he, he just said, without that, you know, he was just like this, you know, 110 pound skinny kid, you know. Minor <laughs> bird could have had. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I know, I know. 
Well, how, um, the book came out when, Peter? Uh, about two weeks ago, Frank. Two weeks ago. And okay. It is available at stores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, Chapters, everywhere. And you're doing this and grand website, tour. Uh, it's also available on our website, which is com. Right. And we can go to peterjennings.me to find out more information about you. Yep. And and uh, yeah, just, and here is the book. Oh, <laughs> it looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there she double, is. Double trouble. Double there you trouble. go. <laughs> it looks great. Congratulations, you guys. Thank you. Really, really Thank good. Yeah. And I mean, she, she's in the Canadian Hall of Fame. Songwriter Hall of Fame, correct? But she's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Songwriters Hall of Fame. She was actually the inspiration for that organization because I actually went to the Junos to try to lobby to get her a Juno Award, and then they realized, hey, they, there's a lot of Canadian songwriters that no one's ever heard of or honored. So they went and they started, rather than give her a Juno, which would have been a nice thing, um, they went and started a whole institution because of her call. And it was That's right. Yeah. That's all right, too, you know. Yeah. Um, but so a lot of wonderful things and ripple positive things have happened because of what she did and a lot yeah. of other people are getting recognized and Canada's being recognized as it was when the song broke you know nobody heard of Toronto or they thought we lived in in yeah. Italy yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, so that, that, she she created a lot of good karma out there and a lot of good things to happen um, but we're still struggling to get her properly recognized in this country in her own country and um, the Junos would be very appropriate. I, I think that they should have an award named after her, the Ruth Lowe yeah. you know, Writer of the Year, which would be very uh, appropriate. And also, been, you know, lobbying and trying to get them at the Canada's Walk of Fame to honor her. Jeff Lathimer is listening to this. Jeff, Ruth on the Walk of Fame. I don't know why it's coming to me. I keep hearing Voyager, Voyager. You need to get the Voyager guitar, Tom. Let it sit at your house for a little while. Oh, <laughs> you know about the Voyager guitar, the Canadian six-string nation. It, it's the it's the, the the guitar. It's been traveling around Canada. To yeah, yeah, that's the six-string nation. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've um I've actually played that guitar. Have you I, played that guitar? Awesome. Yes, I, have, I have a shot of it. If you go on my Facebook or Twitter, actually, it's a tight shot of me, but I'm actually holding the guitar when I was playing it. So yeah, Amazing. that's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful uh, project. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it just like hit me. Like, I don't know why Tom has to have that. I will follow through on that one. Just you came know, I, to me. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Well, I still have my, I have my mom's, I have, I have my mom's piano. Uh, oh, which wow. Is a brand, and uh, I, I grew up with it. I, uh, it was around since I was born. And uh, it's just uh, something to have and uh, very precious. You, you know, know, I mean, the love is coming through big time. You can feel it. And that's just absolutely, what a testament to your mom, truly. Uh, and you well, know what? In the States, they revere her. She's won a Grammy. She's about to be inducted into the uh, uh, musical songbook Hall of Fame. I mean, they have incredible song of the board. Yeah. 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 Um, she's, she's more uh, known and... Um, you know, there, uh, you know, they, they, somebody said that once all musicians are more known there. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Somebody said she was one of the architects of the American ballot, which is wow. you know, pretty that's big quite, deal. that's quite a big statement. But aside from all that, you know, talent and, and accomplishments and stuff like that, she, and, and the reason that I, I really liked her, she was really uh, a, fun. A, a fun, um, 
person. It was like hanging out with your your best friend. Uh, I mean, like a really good friend. You know. Can I ask we, you what sign are you? Me, I'm a well. I'm sort of on the cusp. I'm a Capricorn uh, near Aquarius. So I'm a January. Oh, okay. Okay. Just curious up, about that one. Yeah. Up next month. Um, but yeah, she was just very like she was like very mischievous, you know, like like it's true with going to New York or somewhere, or going to a concert and meeting yeah. Hugh Gellick, and yeah. she would always say, you know, let's we're, we're gonna run away for a couple of days and have some fun, you know, because she always thought that everybody, you know, my dad was a, an L seven, she called him, you know, if you put your fingers together, you know, you get a square. <laughs> And he would always say, "No, no, no! You can't do that! You can't do that!" My mom would say, "You know, you know what? Just <laughs> let them go. Let them go." Yeah, yeah. I, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my best friend was a Leo. I know what he was. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really, fun. Uh, fun and confident. And, they're fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was really why. I mean, I was really. Uh, you know, she really treated people well and treated me very nicely and kindly and, uh, you know. With well, it's great things. that you still have the relationships, you know, that she made and you're still able to reach out to those people. And hopefully, you know, through this book, people in Canada will begin to recognize her talent, who she was and her talent, you know. Um, and, and you'll get the, she'll get the fame that she deserves. Yeah, that would be... Uh, was there a show? Did I see a show was built around her life? Did I read that? Was there a show? wanted to make a movie based on her But life. was there not a, a live theater production of her life? Did, didn't somebody... Yeah, Smile Theater. Oh, a Smile Theater? Okay. No, Smile Theater. Smile Theater. Was, uh, I believe it was Diana Christie and um, Tom Kneebone. But maybe you need to go back to um, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice and say, hey. Yes. Let's do the Ruth Lotion show. On that at the moment, Pardon? And, uh, Tommy has a uh, well-known film friend. Okay. So uh, maybe that movie will come to bear yet. Yeah. 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 It'd be a fun show. Yeah. yeah, it would be. It's, it's, it lends itself to a theatrical musical, you know. Totally, totally. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, it's great. It's an inspirational story. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a tragedy that turned, into a, uh, turned it around to be very successful. I think there's a great message in there. She was a great mo role model for, 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 for women, for girls. Especially. I was just about to say that, you know, if you can't get the music route, get the female liberation route or something, you know, yeah. get yeah. one yeah. of Canada's top women, you know, yeah. independent cool. and, and, a, and a groundbreaker and like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, uh, Frankie, right now with the world undergoing such stress and pressure, we feel that uh, this book and Tellers Model 2 has a real resilience to it. And I think it's a, it's a great book to pick people up because Ruth uh, did suffer great tragedy, but she rose from it. Right. And uh, it, it's a resilient story. It's great. Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of like a healing thing, you know, like, I mean, that's what happened to her by writing this music. And I think that's what can happen to people. Yeah. And I think you have to see that sometimes in front of you before you act. Oh, okay. You know, um, there is a light at the end of this tunnel and it's a big one. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, wow. God bless her. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Great book again, Peter, another outstanding book by Peter Jennings. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs>
Well, Number six. My pleasure. It really has been. I, I thought it, you'd be like on cloud nine. I'm reading this book. I go, Peter's going to love this. Yeah. 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 Any, any final words, gents? Anything else you want to say except get the book, get the book, get the book? Get the book, get the book. <laughs> get the book. smile at you, right, Tommy? It's out there. And uh, yes. I, I think people will really enjoy it. We're, we're getting some fabulous accolades for yeah. how much they do it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful, you know, at the very least, it's a wonderful stocking stuffer. And, and I'm, you know, what could really bring this book over the top if I were going to be presumptuous? <laughs> as i as i want to be yes. <laughs> if you did the the um the audiobook then you could have all the music in it which yes. would be phenomenal that's interesting yeah i get tommy to do the audiobook yeah we were sort of talking about that that maybe i should narrate uh, the book wouldn't that be amazing and having that the music be, in it and you could really take it over the top yeah i think you're right and we're working right. on the children's book as well Yes. A children's book? Yes, yes. About Ruth? Song. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my 10-year-old, the great niece, Allie, did her school project um, on my mom. And oh, she cool. did a big bristle board with all the photos and timelines. It was absolutely brilliant. And she didn't know, you know, enough about her or you know a lot of the details about her yeah and I'm, I'm finding that like the next generation and these younger kids this is a great role model and inspiration yeah for, for sure and you're, you're right it's very valuable it's a very valuable story yeah. and we've got to get uh, as many people uh, you know hear it and to and to experience it as as as, as i can it's not just for my mom yeah. or you know it's, it is that but it's also on a larger scale you know i i i really I find that today's generation, I don't know, they don't have that love of books that we had. You know, I love to have that book in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but they'll listen to audio. They listen to audiobooks as they drive. They listen to audio everywhere, yeah. right? Well, and, and I think it would be. Any, our times have changed now and, you know, people don't have the time where there's nothing. Well, now because of COVID actually, you know, it's, uh, it is, it's changing that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but even good. me, I find like I, I read my books on the iPad because I can do it quicker. I get up at three a.m. It's yeah. dark. You just don't turn on the lights and just read, right? Just yeah. done. It seems quicker for some reason holding a book. But I love the book. I mean, I want the book in my hand, but and in my library. But, but <laughs> yeah, the way, uh, uh, Tommy's great niece Sally. There is a photo of her holding her project, which she got an A for. Yes, yeah. our website and tell us com. You can see it there. Yeah, okay, so, definitely. So cute. Uh, oh wow. It's precious, and uh, yeah. so my mom would have been her great grandmother. That's yeah, oh. you know who she never knew, she never met, and uh, just heard about, and oh. uh, you know now I think there's there's a, they're connected now. So uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. She's been inspired. You know, I mean, what else could you want? It's a legacy. It's a legacy book. It's a legacy yeah. for the country. It's a legacy for musicians. It's it's a legacy for a lot of a lot of areas. So that's very good. Well done, boys. Thank, well done. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say goodbye to Facebook. We'll say we we'll wave goodbye to those folks there. I'm gonna stop okay. the live stream. So and, long. Uh, stop.